0: Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets.
1: Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I'd like to welcome you to the May 8th episode of the bull bear banter. Tom is joining me and will now recap the corn and soybean markets for the week. Tom?
0: Well, sure, Cheyenne. July corn gained 3 on Friday finishing at 3.19 and that's up half a cent for the week. December corn was up 1 and 3 quarters on Friday but losing a penny from last Friday ending at 3.35 and 3 quarters. July soybean futures added 6 and a quarter to finish at 8.50 and a half today. That's up 1 on the week. November beans gained 7 and a quarter on Friday closing at 8.55 and a half and that is up a half a cent from last week.
1: So Tom, for our big story this week, I think it's time to touch base on this elusive wall of corn that is still out in the country that's expected to hit the market yet this year. Producers are getting in the position where they are trying to find homes for their 2020 crop while they still have their 2019 grain in the bin. Supposedly, much of it is still unattached to a price as well. There are a lot of questions as to how much corn is left on the farm, when it will most likely be coming to the market, and at what price. I think it's important to remember that even with subpar conditions last growing, season, and into harvest, we still produced a crop that was larger than many expected. Could we see a similar or even more extreme story this year, especially if favorable growing conditions continue? While the USDA's 97 million acre number for the March planting intentions report seems high, even with something like 94 to 96 million acres of corn and a trendline yield, we could still be looking at close to a 16 billion bushel production, and as much as a 4 billion bushel carryout. Long story short, that is a lot of corn with an uncertain future. While there are still possibilities for small rallies in the short term, the one we finished this week with due to frost concerns is a great example. It's important to not lose the forest through the trees. The end goal is to go into this harvest without still wondering what to do with your 2019 crop. While hauling in on free price later this summer frees up your bin space and alleviates quality concerns, there is still the matter of marketing that grain. Also, when you take advantage of the convenience of free price later, you give up the opportunity to forward market that grain, a normal advantage of on-farm storage. Even if you think it'll be later this summer before you're looking to market the balance of your old crop grain, now is the time to be talking with your local GMA about our marketing programs. We have several programs that allow you to haul now, generate some cash flow, with pricing potential into the summer. And with that, let's move on to more bull bear factors.
0: Cheyenne, on the bull factors for corn, ethanol production rebounded to the best levels in a month for the week ending May 1st. For the week, they produced 176 million gallons, up from 158 million the previous week. We also saw ethanol inventories dip to 1.076 billion gallons down from just over 1.1 billion the previous week a lot of this is because u.s gasoline demand continues to increase last week saw an average of 6.664 million barrels per day up from 5.860 million barrels per day the previous week crude oil has been higher on six of the past eight trading days This week, June West Texas Intermediate is up about $5 for the week. Export inspections last week were solid at 47.9 million bushels, above market expectations of 33.5 million to 43.3 million bushels, and above last year's same-week exports of 38.5 million bushels. This was also a four-week high, and this kept us above that 40 million bushel weekly pace we need in order to hit the USDA's estimate. In fact, since the beginning of March, we're averaging... 47.6 million bushels per week. We've heard of several sales of corn this week into export channels, with both Mexico and China being reported as buyers for old crop and new crop. There continues to be a story floating around that China is wanting to replenish their state reserves and are looking to buy up to 20 million metric tons. However, the sales we're hearing reported are substantially below that number. For perspective, recently China announced their intentions to increase their U.S. corn purchases from about 3 million metric tons per year to 4 million metric tons per year those are more in line with what we're hearing. There is some talk of frost or freeze over the weekend. We'll see what that does to these young plants.
1: So some bare factors I want to point out for corn. Even though ethanol production increased last week, it was still more than 40% below the same week last year when they produced 305 million gallons. This also equates to using 44 million less bushels than a year ago. So far this year, we've lost about 225 million bushels of demand, as compared to the same period as last year. Ethanol stocks also continue to be about 14% above this time a year ago, when stocks were less than 950 million gallons, instead of more than a billion, which we've seen in the past few weeks. Also, corn export sales last week were 30.5 million bushels towards the lower end of market expectations and falling well below the previous week's strong sales of 53.4 million bushels. These were also the second lowest of the last nine weeks. While last week's export shipments were a strong 42.4 million bushels and up from the previous week of 27.5, we continue to lag last year. We're currently 36% behind that pace and the USDA has us pegged with only a 16% reduction. We'll need to maintain a number above $40 every week to hit their projection. And finally, rapid planting progress. As of last Sunday, Iowa was estimated at 78% complete. That's the second fastest on record as we did see 85% in 2010. From the stories we're hearing from many of you, we have to wonder if it wasn't higher than that. Will we be close to 90% or higher by this Sunday?
0: As far as soybean bull factors, the main thing that could drive soy prices higher in the short term is the weather this weekend. It appears that much of the state of Iowa will be okay, but what about those bean acres in Minnesota, South, and North Dakota that have been planted and sprouted? We'll know soon. Longer term, any and all Chinese interest in soybeans will potentially give some more support to soybean prices. Rumors and confirmations of sales have helped quite a bit this week, but as I looked at those weekly changes, soybean prices have not gained much in the past five trading days. With the WASDE report coming up next week, it also feels like we've seen some short covering. I would expect to see a little more of that on Monday, depending on the weekend weather.
1: So for our bear factors for soybeans, US soybean sales last week were at 24 million bushels at the bottom of market expectations and down from the previous week's 39.6 million bushels. Actual shipments last week came in at 11.7 million bushels, and those were also below expectations and about half of the number for the same week last year well below the pace of 27 million bushels per week needed in order to hit the USDA's 2020 projections. Also, there's an expectation that the USDA is going to revise their estimates for old crop soybean exports, down by 50 to 100 million bushels in the next week's USDA WASDE report. As of last Sunday, the U.S. soybean crop was estimated at 23% planted compared to 5% at this time last year. Iowa was seen at 46% planted, compared to 7% last year and an average of 9%. The early planting dates increase the likelihood of above trendline yields, and most in the trade believe that the planted acreage for beans will be closer to 85 million acres, rather than the 83.5 million acres in the planting intentions report we saw in March. We probably won't see the USDA update the acreage numbers until maybe June. On our what to watch for and upcoming events, this Sunday is Mother's Day. Don't forget to schedule a conference call with mom. Next Tuesday, May 12th, is the next WASDE report. We expect to see some revisions to some of the demand numbers. And finally, as mentioned earlier, the forecast for cold temps this weekend have many in the trade on alert. Stay tuned to those actual numbers. Regardless of what actually happens, the markets will react on Sunday night and into Monday.
0: And now for Tom's take. This week, as crude began to rebound a little and corn prices rallied a little, I started thinking about all of the things that would worry me if I owned a bunch of unpriced corn. The ethanol industry is at reduced production, perhaps through the rest of the summer. One stat says we've already lost 60 million bushels of demand in Iowa alone. That is not coming back. Those bushels will eventually need to find another home. Planting progress is well ahead of the average pace for this time of year, especially in the state of Iowa. Does that create an even bigger crop? Could there be potential further disruptions in the livestock sector? And as Cheyenne mentioned earlier, this wall of corn needing to be moved before harvest. And I also think there's a growing ending stocks number coming for the current crop year and a potential for a much bigger number during the summer of 2021. So, with that in mind, regular listeners of this podcast should already know my stance on Free Price Later programs. But for those that might not remember or haven't heard me say it yet, I think Free Price Later, from a farmer's perspective, is the worst marketing alternative ever invented. It's a great program for the company buying your grain. All it does for the farmer is move the responsibility for keeping the grain in good condition to someone else. But you are still on the hook for every change in price, whether because of futures or basis. As Cheyenne said earlier, there are other programs that let you move your grain, generate some cash flow, and give you pricing potential into the summer. The two that we recommend are minimum price and extended price. A minimum price contract protects you if the bottom falls out of the market due to some major change, and yet gives you the ability to participate in any futures market rallies. Both of these work well for soybeans too, even though I am focused on things that can and will impact corn prices. So when you stop to think about all of that corn that will move off farm between now and harvest, think about the timing. If the vast majority of that waits until we know that the crop in the field is good sometime after pollination, How much time is there between that and the beginning of harvest? 10 weeks, more or less? How many bushels do you think the grain industry can move in 10 weeks? Certainly not a quarter of the entire crop, or potentially more than that. My point is that I think you owe it to yourself to really think about when you are going to move your crop and under what kind of an agreement. Are you just going to wait and see what happens and then use free price later? If so, don't be surprised if that price moves lower before you are forced to sell it. I'd much rather see you take a proactive approach Learn about a marketing alternative that can work for you instead of against you. As always, I'd encourage you to talk with your local grain marketing advisor. One final thought. A wise person once told me that you can be bullish and still make some sales. Those two are not mutually exclusive. That's not a bad way to end this discussion.
1: That's all we have for you this week. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to atlandiscoop or drop an email to podcast landiscooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you again next week.